0: So they had things in common. This was this idea of fellowship. And in the, in the sense of coming together in this community, they were unified. And not only were they unified, uh, they were magnified by what everything, everybody was watching around them. And then they, were, then, then they multiplied. It was, it was just a natural outflow of saying yes to Jesus and the spontaneous love that they had for each other in the sense of generosity. So that was moving forward. And they had this, this, this what made that powerful? On the, their, in their conversation, as they broke bread together, often, Jesus was the center of it. Jesus was the center of it. Not tradition, but Jesus was the center of it. And Jesus needs to be the center of all of our lives. That is what changes us. That is what moves us forward. Would we agree? So there's this phenomenon taking place. As we see there in what what we call the birthing of the church. The birthing of, of, of kingdom community. And... So what happens is is they began, they would see a need and somehow they would come together, they would sell things, they would give things away, they would, it, it was spontaneous, it was generous and it was recognizable, it was noticeable. And I'm framing it that way because we can make everything a project. Does that make sense? We can make everything a project. Or we can make it a rule. Or we could say, well, I do this because I'm a Christian. What's that mean? Or I do this because it's the right thing to do. Wouldn't it be better to say, I do this because of what Jesus has done for me? Because I guarantee you, there's a lot of things that I do now that I would have never, ever done. Ever. Because my world was all about me. And I just praise God that I got changed. But there was a sense of freedom and anticipation as they met daily, as they shared the love of Jesus. And they shared the love of Jesus in such a way it was very impactful. Because in a short period of time, it went from 3,000 believers. Now listen to this. It went to 3,000 believers to 8,000. So from the time that I read that there was 3,000 and in just a short period of time, there was 8,000. So thousands of people are coming to Christ. Why? Basically, they saw something they believed was true. And then they met Jesus. And they said, I, I want to be a part of this. How do you? And they, they just said, well, it's, it's all about what Jesus does for you. And let me tell you, they didn't put out the four spiritual laws. And it's not that those are bad. Those are great on wraps. But what it was, it was the power that they saw the life of Jesus in individuals. They saw a change. And I've said this a lot of times. Uh, The guy that was very significant in me coming to Christ, I was so taken back. Now, we grew up in high school together. And uh, I had been living out of town for a while. And I came back in town. I saw him on the street. And I stopped and talked to him. And, I, and this is no lie. I know this is going to be on the internet, but this was no lie. When I saw him, I, I, I saw this glow about him, and I truly thought he was high. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. And I started talking to him, and all of a sudden, he had this little black thing in his hand. And I didn't, I didn't recognize that it was a Bible. And he had to smile from ear to ear. I, he glowed, and he began to tell me about Jesus. And, and I was really happy to see him. We were good friends, we'd been around together, you know, blah blah blah. And I was really happy to see him. and the first things that comes out of his mouth are, "Praise the Lord!" Like, What's that?" What, I said, what, what, what?" Then I really thought he was high. <laughs> But the series, he did. He, he, and he started telling me about Jesus. And I'm going, this is not the guy I grew up with. And it wasn't. He was just a totally different person. And I sat, I sat there, I, one hour we sat there catching up. And he was just telling me about this, this Jesus. And, you know, all right, so I didn't grow up in church. I knew a little bit about who Jesus was and all that stuff. But then he, I walked away. I left that, our time together going, He's not the same guy. He is, and I'm telling you that because that is what's taking place here in this community. They're going. That's not my same neighbor. That, that's not my same brother or sister, or mother or father. They've changed, and it's very recognizable, and it's 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 challenging. How how did this happen to you? And they began to share, just like my friend did with me, they began to share the transformation that took life, and it was real. It wasn't just empty words. See, the worst thing we can do is is say the right things and live the wrong life. Say the right things and live the wrong life. And honestly, I I think we're in danger. We're in danger. and does and let me let me qualify that by saying that doesn't Jesus that does not stop Jesus loving you it doesn't Jesus love Jesus loves us in spite of ourselves and that's another captivating thing about the Lord right he loves me in spite of me and he cares for me Matter of fact, Scripture says he delights in us, which is a little baffling to me. So we have this narrative of what it means to be a community. My my question for us is what is Jesus asking of us here? How does he want us to live together? How is is he asking us in this light of being an oasis vineyard, what 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 is he inviting us into? And it it is real, and it's tangible, and it it, it should and needs to reflect Jesus. And it needs to reflect his narrative. And it needs to change us from the inside out. Now, over the years, I've known a lot of people, and uh, many people have read that. I knew this one school teacher when I lived in Park City, and uh, I was working with him. And he had, and I, I began to tell him about my story. And he goes, you know, and, and, and he said, I've read the Bible. And I said, well, what do you think about what Jesus said? And he said, boy, if our society, if our government used these principles, this would be a different place. And I said, I agree. I agree with you. So what, what, do, you, what do you think that means for you, though, as you read those words? And you go as you go to the point that where he died for your sins and he rose again and conquered death three days later. What do you think that means for you? He said, I think Jesus was a great teacher, but he couldn't cross the bridge of who he truly was. I'm telling you right now, they understood who Jesus truly was and is. And it behooves us to say, I'm in Jesus all the way. I want your narrative because there's all kinds of voices out there trying to draw you and me away from his narrative or to refashion his narrative where we might say something like, well, I don't know if Jesus really meant that. Really? What do you think he meant? Thank you. You know, we're doing that right now. Right now before our eyes, that is happening all the time. Did Jesus really mean that? Or how did Jesus mean that? And the narrative always seems to lessen the impact of what Jesus says and empower us to live the life that we want to live outside of his narrative. That's the outcome. It brings us to a place where we can have Jesus and ourselves at the same time. and we're constantly bumping up against that. And I want to encourage you to, to say, Lord, I just want to be in what you the center of what you have for me, the center of that. I want to end with these words before we do that. When we go ahead and take our offering now, uh, we are a, a local church supported, and we appreciate your gifts. We pray that God would continue to bless you and keep you and fashion that and help us always to be more generous. And while I'm thinking about um, your just finances, November 17th, we're taking an offering uh, f- uh, uh, as a corporate offering that we want to take and put it outside of us. So we're, we're really praying about where we should take this and where, how it should be worked. But uh, we're asking that we all come together and put a day's wage in that, and I'm and I'm going, hmm. Whose idea was that? <laughs> when you really start thinking about the reality of what's being said, right? And then, and then, but I do understand this, and I, I believe this, and this is why I want to phrase this. True faith, because that we're asking you to take a, fa- a step of faith. That's really what this is about. First of all. We, we've kind of set a bar that we believe that God is, Jesus is asking of us. But what really makes it work well, or what it really means, is we're asking you to ask Jesus what he's asking of you. We don't want to put anything on anybody that Jesus isn't asking of them. So if Jesus isn't asking that of you, that's okay. But he is asking you to participate in some way. And you need to discover what that is. You really do. So we're, we're, not, we're, we're just saying, we think this is what the Lord is saying to us. And, uh, and we know generosity is always, you can't go wrong being generous. You just can't, folks. You just cannot go wrong with it. And um, I know that true faith always takes a step of risk. And I think about a day's wage, I'm going, that's pretty risky. Because my mind then all of a sudden goes, what's gonna, what is the domino effect with that, right? Let's be honest. What's the domino effect of that? And I sit there and go, okay. If God is really asking me of this, there's no domino effect because somehow it's going to be provided by Him. If Jesus is really, that. and that's why it's important that you understand that this is something that Jesus is inviting you into, uh, and we're doing this corporately together and we're we're excited. We're excited to participate and believe because it, you know November is a month of generosity and we just want to go with a c- calendar flow so to speak. And we want to be generous. And I it's, it is not to say we're not because I think we're very generous people. I really I commend you. I think we are. I really do. And I commend you in generosity. So just a little uh commercial there on that um and so Again, thank you. And we'll just have our ushers come forward. And I say, Lord, would you just bless this and give us wisdom and, and uh, forethought Here, before that gets too far? Because um, I always forget to do that. And it's a good time to put your uh, Connect cards, just put it in the bag as well. But if you have your Bibles, turn to John uh, 15, 15 12. And as I finish up here, let's just have the worship team come forward as well. <laughs> so the narrative that I believe the, that first community of believers had there in Acts is really what Jesus said here in John 15. He started out in John 15 uh, verse uh, twelve, he says, "This is my commandment. This is my commandment. This is m- these are my words to you. This is what I'm saying to you. And, he, and he's he's saying he's not saying this is not a, he's not saying this is a suggestion. This is my commandment to you. This is my commandment to you. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. You want to know how to love other people." Love them, love others around you like Jesus loves you. That's all, that's what Jesus is saying. All I'm asking of you, you do to others as I have done to you. You do to others the same way. He goes on to say, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. And we see that all through history. People laying down their lives for other people all the time. We, we have great examples of that through our own personal our own, uh, history of the United States. And Jesus says this: He goes, No greater love than this. A friend lay down their lives for a friend. And then Jesus says, You are my friends if you do what I command you. You are my friend. You know how huge this is. That the God of the universe has said, "I'm no—I'm not calling you a servant. I'm—I'm I'm endearing you, and you are my friend. And I want to speak to you. I want to walk with you. I want to walk beside you. I want to put my arms around your shoulder, and I want to encourage you. I want to let you know all those fears that that you're challenged with, all those shortcomings, all those areas of unbelief." Everything that you live with and struggle with, all those insecurities, all the, the feeling of rejection, all of, the, 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 all, all of that, all of that from the time that you were a child to, to now, because if you've been in this world long enough, you've experienced a little bit of that somewhere, some part of your life. He says, Daryl, we've got this, and I've got my healing hand on you. And I don't see you like that at all. You are not that person. That is not the person I created. You are so much more than this. I've given you so much. And you just need to hear my voice. And stop listening to those other voices. You need to hear me. Because I am your greatest champion. I am the one that is nudging you forward. And you've got this. You've got this. Is what Jesus is saying to each and every one of us. You can. And you, you might like if you're like me, you might say, "Man, I I don't know. I I think this is way too hard." Nah, you got this. Listen to me. Listen to me. Hey, hey, hey! Don't listen to that guy over here. He's not the right guy. I'm sorry. (laughs) Should have been this side. But that's what he's saying. He nudges us. Hey, hey, don't be listening to that person. Don't be listening to that lie. Hey, 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 hey. Listen, look at me. T-t-t-t-t-t. I'm your friend. I no longer call you slaves because the master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now, you're my friend since I have told you everything the father's told me. So, what he's saying here, everything I've been given. I give to you. There's no secrets. I give it all freely in words of encouragement. And then he finishes by saying, you didn't choose me. I chose you. So this wasn't your idea. It's his idea. He orchestrated it. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my commandment that you love each other. And we have a great word picture of that in Acts 2.42 and following. The spontaneous kindness of love that reached out beyond. And may the Lord help us with that. May the Lord Help us with that so that you and I can be free because that's really what it's about. Let's worship.